everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at ICSativaPodcast. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon and support us. We are planning on doing big things with our humble little projects such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, and doing on-field work. By supporting us, this helps us to keep the lights on, pay for rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. Again, that is https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. So I'm doing this um, name and shame. Um, it's going to be a sort of international story. Um, and I felt that I'd be remiss if I didn't cover it. Um, so this took place in Canada. And um, there was a woman who was a medical marijuana patient in Canada. And she got her car impounded and then she got in trouble um be, because of the su- suspicion that she was impaired but she had been a medical marijuana patient and as i understand the story um she she um she had it in her system and as we know with with marijuana like the problem is that like the the tests that are on the market for for law enforcement and 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 these uh cops is that it t- these tests currently test if you've had marijuana and if you have marijuana in your system but the these tests these current tests on the market don't test current level of impairment you know we all know that marijuana stays stays in your fat cells and that could be in your system for up to a month so the current tests that these cops have and you know the current tests that they have only tests you know if you've done in the last 30 or so days but they don't can't really gauge impairment and you know it's problematic to 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 punish people you know and say that they're impaired when you can't you can't be on a reasonable doubt prove that they are you know we're just making laws based on sort of hearsay and that's problematic in a lot of ways and you know, and and as I said in one of my other episodes last week, I believe, um, I, I talked about how Massachusetts, they're trying to sort of do the same sort of thing Canada or parts of Canada are doing is, you know, just basing it based on the based on the framework we have for alcohol. But, you know, marijuana is not like alcohol, alcohol in, in drug tests or if you've ever been in a job where you've been drug tested, which which I have in, in at some point in my career, you know, alcohol, like when you do your research on, on how long drugs like alcohol stay in your system, only a couple days. You know, if you if you abstain just a few days or even a day, you know, it's you know, you it won't show up on a drug test. 
But marijuana is the only substance that will show up weeks or months later. You know, even though it's way safer than the other ones that don't. You know, heroin, you know, crystal meth, crack, all those, uh, cocaine, all those things, they leave your system in days. Shrooms, again, not really dangerous, but leaves your system very, very quickly. You know, but marijuana doesn't, you know, and that's what these tests are, 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 are trying to exclude. And they're, they're trying to sort of discriminate against, you know, marijuana smokers, you know. That's, that's what these tests are really going after, you know, and it's unfortunate. So I'm going to read the article. It's a bit of a longer one, but bear with me and, you know, I'll, I'll give a little more commentary after and then wrap up the episode. So let me find the article. Just bear with me one moment. Bear with me one sec. All right. Okay, so this is a Vice article from Manisha Kirschman. And the article is called, a An MS patient had her car impounded over weed even though she was sober. Michelle Gray tested positive for THC, but she wasn't impaired. A Halifax woman who uses cannabis to manage her multiple sclerosis had her driver's license revoked and her car impounded during a roadblock in in early January, even though cops determined she was not impaired. Michelle Gray, 38 years old, is a medical marijuana patient. She told Vice she either she uses either dried cannabis or a combination of THC slash CBD oil to treat a number of issues relating to her MS, including inflammation of her optic nerves, as well as insomnia, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, stemming from an abusive former relationship. I've had a very high tolerance, she said, noting she first used weed, started using weed as a teenager. Gray, who works in security, says she consumed about half of a tiny joint around 4 p.m. on January 4th. Later that evening, she took her son out to dinner to celebrate his 19th birthday. At dinner, she had only one drink. On her way home at 10.45 p.m., they were pulled over at a roadblock in Lower Sackville. Sackville. Gray said she told the RCMP, I I think that's the Royal Canadian Mountain Police, if if I have that correct, officer, she had only one drink. He asked her to take a breathalyzer, which she agreed to and paused, and also asked if she had weed in her car because he said he could, quote, smell it. Gray told, told him she did have cannabis in the car, and he advised her to put it in her trunk as per province's rules. Gray said she agreed to take a roadside oral fluid test. One of the new, one of the new testing methods some police forces are, are using to detect high drivers. It came back as positive, meaning she was well over the cutoff. But Gray wasn't told the, the specific THC levels in her system. Excuse me. She was placed under house arrest and her car was impounded. Her son had to get a ride home from a relative. Gray was was given the option of having blood work done or go to a Halifax police station and doing a more extensive sobriety test with a drug recognition expert, DRE, a cop specifically trained to detect drug impairment. 
quote, I went into this concrete room and it was a tape line on the, on the floor and things like that, Gray explained. A DRE evaluation includes eye examination and balance tests. Quote, someone like me when MS has balance issues and that ha has had speech issues in the past in flare-ups. in flare -ups. Things like that. My speech sounds like I've had 30 beers, Gray said. She also says her condition means she has short-term memory issues. None nonetheless, Gray passed the evaluation. I passed the test, thank goodness. But I was just thinking, this is so not okay. I really should have taken the emer I really should have been taken to emergency and have a doctor examine examine my determine my impairment, not some drug recognition expert. He might be an expert in drugs, but he's not an expert in medical conditions. Halifax Ro Royal Canadian Mountain Police confirmed Gray was never charged with anything. Although Gray was found to not be impaired, she lost her license for a week and had to pay $150 to have it reinstated and reprinted. She also had to pay $250 to get her, pa her car back, and she missed four days of work because she doesn't live on a bus route and she couldn't get to work without her vehicle. Vice has viewed Gray's driving suspension ticket as well as her receipt for picking up her car. RCMP Halifax spokeswoman Lisa Kut Kutrow told Vice that the province penalties for failing a roadside test kick in, regardless of if a person is impaired under the criminal code. If, they're, if, if they are over it, doesn't matter if it's medical use or not. They shouldn't be driving. If their if their if their prescription is at an amount that would make them feel the road to side, then they have to take the precautions not to, not to be driving while they're under the influence of it. End quote. Gray said, "It happens. It happens. If it if it happens again, she could lose her license for an even longer period of time, and her and her insurance will be at risk of growing up." When the federal government passed C-46 last year, it introduced a host of new, new impaired driving laws. Having between 2 to 5 nanograms of THC per milliliter of blood within 2 hours of driving would be punishable by a $1,000 fine. Having 5 or more nanograms of THC per milliliter of blood within 2 hours of driving could be considered a summer, summary or in, in indictable inf offense, punishable by a fine of a thousand dollars on the lower end, and a maximum of ten years in jail for repeat offenders. Having booze and THC in your system, fifty milligrams or more of alcohol per one hundred for one hundred milliliter of blood, plus two point five nanograms or more of THC per milliliter of blood would also be a hybrid offense, an indictable su or summary, and would again be punishable by a fine of $1,000 on the lower end at, at, at the maximum of 10 years in jail for repeat offenders. In addition, pro in addition provinces have implemented their own punishments relating to impounding vehicles and licenses. 
However, there is no definite link between the amount of THC in one person's system and impairment. THC is stored in the fat cells and can remain detectable in a person's body for up to a month. For medical patients or regular users, this means they may not even be legally allowed to drive. Gray said in her in her doc said her doctor told her you could have gone a week without consuming it and you would have still hit positive. Various experts and studies have claimed you should wait anywhere between two to twelve hours after consuming cannabis to drive. The government approved oral fluid tests have faced scrutiny over their accuracy. They are meant to operate in temperatures ranging from four to forty degrees Celsius. Gray said at the time she was arrested, it was below freezing. She had to get out of her car and do the test. Canvas lawyer Jack Lloyd told Vice, Vice Gray's situation illustrates some of the major flaws with new impaired driving laws. We have an individual arrested but not charged and her vehicle seized for a week. She was not impacted by alcohol, by alcohol statutorily, but was but she was impaired by cannabis statutorily, which is a cause of concern for medical cannabis patients in Canada, Lloyd said. She, quote, she has used medical cannabis for years, for many years, so it is unlikely she was actually impaired in any way, end quote. Gray, Gray says she believed the government should should put in more thought into how it's going to regulate cannabis, particularly with impaired driving. She said her PTSD was also exacerbated by the experience. Quote, I had the night sweats. I felt an infringement was going on. I felt that an infringement was happening on dot dot my rights. End quote. Several lawyers, including Lloyd, have already indicating their indicated their plans to launch a constitutional challenge to aspects of Bill C-46. End of article. So, um... So, um... So, yeah, so, I mean, this is ridiculous, you know, and... You know, when, when I first started getting into this, and when I first started wanting first started talking about cannabis and you know doing a little bit of my activism here and there and up until now you know I wanted you know cannabis to be regulated like alcohol but now I'm sorry to see the flaws in this you know um shout out to another show that I watch I watch this show uh, every Sunday you know on um on YouTube called um Reefer Revolution DC um, it's, 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 it's pretty awesome. They, they go over, I mean, they're two activists from, um, f from California, um, David, uh, Chella. They're pretty awesome bunch and they do their show every, uh, week on Sunday, I think around, um, I think four to four, four, four o'clock or four twenty Sundays, uh, Pacific standard time. So anywho, I was on that show, um, and I was, you know, sort of talking on like the live chat and stuff and you know soaking up what they were talking about and and they were saying that like regulating cannabis like like alcohol is very flawed thinking and um and, and i'm inclined to believe that in and they've and they've referenced alexis bortel who um i don't know if you've known her or you follow the cannabis sort of news but she was the um 
but she's a young lady that sued the um, federal government and Jeff Sessions to make cannabis, medical cannabis legal nationwide. And she's saying, she and them have been saying that we shouldn't regulate cannabis like alcohol, but instead like, like an agricultural product, you know, and I'm inclined to agree with that because the thing is with alcohol, with, with, with booze, like it's, it's definitely pr proven to be, to impair your driving and that, you know, if you reach a blood alcohol level of 0 0.008 or whatever, that, you know, you're a danger to yourself and others on the road, you know, that's been proven, that's been scientifically proven, but the thing is with marijuana, you know, there have been so many studies and it hasn't really been proven amongst, and I'm going to put the caveat, amongst experienced users to impair their driving, you know, it hasn't. You know, and the thing is with the current testing apparatuses that exist, the only test for impair, the only test for how, for cannabis in your system. And we know, like, as the article said, that cannabis stays in your cyst, in your, in your fat cells, you know, and it could stay in your fat cells for weeks to months. And, you know, and, and that measurement that the tests that we have currently measure only they can only prove whether you've had in the past 30 or so days they don't pr they can't really definitively test for you know whether you're impaired at that moment and you know with the, with this mindset you know we're going to get false positives like this you know this woman wasn't impaired enough to cause a danger to herself and others but because of our f current flawed thinking and our current thinking that we have to we have to equate this with alcohol um, which is just insane on its face, you know, you're going to have people that are going to get their cars impounded, they're going to miss days off work, they're going to have their lives ruined over, you know, some some trigger-happy cop that, you know, would read for madness and wants to still meet his ticket quotas or whatever. You know, this this is very ripe to, to constitutional abuse. And I know that this is a Canadian story, but I feel that that this applies to, to 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 all the legal states. You know, like I talked about in last week's Name When Shame episode, you know, they're trying to implement something similar to this in Massachusetts. You know, our Republican governor is trying to ram this through and try to get our, 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 um, our, our senators and our, our people in the house, state house of reps to give them a bill to sign. And, you know, this is exactly going to be the outcome. And we know that our criminal justice system and our cops, or a lot of cops, are, are very racist. And, you know, they, they will look for any excuse to profile, you know, people, black or brown people of color, you know, to make their ticket quotas and use them for e easy pickings for, for, for meeting their quotas and to victimize these groups. You know, some some racist or prejudiced cop could abuse this. Be like, oh, I think you look impaired because I don't like you. And I don't like people that look like you. They could just make up whatever rules they want on the spot and, and, and ruin people's lives. You know, I mean, I I mean, I mean, for the time being, we should just use the current sort of roadside test or whatever but you know not not make people blow into anything or whatever because we don't have proof if they're impaired at the moment i mean i don't know what the answer is because i mean I, I i do i mean i will concede that you know if you if you smoke enough amounts even if you have a high enough tolerance then yeah i mean it does impair driving and it ca can cause a wreck but 
you know, for experienced users for the most part, you know, when you build up a tolerance, you know, and for certain people that have conditions like anxiety or, you know, PTSD, whatever, or, or other endocannabinoid deficient syndromes, you know, cannabis brings balance to them and helps them to be more sharp and more attentive when they drive. So, you know, this, this, for a number and a plethora of reasons, this is going to come down very hard and very heavy handedly on both people with high tolerances and people that are medical patients that may not be impaired or, or, or intoxicated at that time, but they may have used it a couple of hours ago. So we need to be making laws based on science and we need to be holding people accountable based on science, not based off, off of hearsay. You know, we really need to be careful. We really need to hold our lawmakers into account in, in, in legal U.S. states. And I, I guess if you're listening in Canada, in Canada, too, you know, if not, you know, this is going to have collateral damage, as we've seen with this, um, as, as we've seen with this person, with Michelle Gray. So, again, name and shame, name and shame the Canadian cops for, for using reefer madness and, and, and not... And not judging impairment based on actual real science. So I guess that wraps up um, this edition of Name and Shame. Um, you'll get another one as well too. But um, yeah, so as always, stay medicated, my friends.